to Virtual Theater, the podcast about video game movies and stories that shape them. Gooey here doing an intro for maybe the first time ever because there was some weird audio issue that we had right in the very, very beginning of the episode, and I think I fixed it, maybe. So uh, here's the episode. Um, Hopefully it's fine. This is going to be a good show. We're tongue-twisted already, and uh, I think I know the reason why. It's because... I'm gonna I'm gonna switch things up here, Goo, and uh, pull pull an audible. It's because we got a bowl poll coming up. Oh yeah, I was I when you reminded me that that was next, I was like yes, and then I was immediately like I was studying. I was like, what what are the ones we haven't covered? So, <laughs> you know, uh, you know. I've usually we zone. do the polls at the end of the show, but I I thought that maybe today we could try something new and actually. Uh, lead into the show with with the bowl poll just to oh, you know get okay. people hyped get people excited yeah exactly um because we're you know we're gonna have a great talk about castlevania but this this bowl poll i feel like is gonna be uh pretty hype in and of itself and there's a lot of great options to choose from here so i figured maybe we could just try something out and you know get uh yes. get it started on a different note all right so okay i like this that. is i it. believe this is our third ever bowl poll uh, I could be, yeah, I think it's the third bull poll. So this is uh, of yes. Oh, the God, last one was a dud. A dud. <laughs> well, you know what? This one could very well end up being a dud. Uve bull poll part three. We have got. I, I'm not even gonna deny that I hope that this wins. Blood rain up poll option number one. Four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Eighteen percent on Metacritic. And uh, the return of virtual theater legend Michelle Rodriguez. Goo, are you excited for this yes. one? Yes, I am. This mo- This looks like nuts. And there's like five sequels to this. <laughs> yeah. Um, probably not. Probably not. Uh, you know, as good as uh maybe like the Resident Evil franchise. But uh, I'd like to see. You know, Uve's franchise kicking to action. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what it is, but I'm just like, I'm hyped to watch this one. And I don't know if it's because, like, <laughs> it's just like Michelle Rodriguez is back or I just, I think that this one's going to be the worst one. Uh, I, I don't know. Okay. I, I think it might yeah. be the campiest. So I, I'm thinking that this one is going to get my vote. But uh, maybe I shouldn't speak too soon because the next poll option, poll option number two is in the name of the king, and this is even lower uh, on average than Blood Rain. This is four mm-hmm. percent on Rotten Tomatoes, fifteen percent on Metacritic. Man, look at this cast. We got Jason Statham, Lily Sobleski, uh, John Reese Davies, Ray Liotta, Burt Reynolds, Ron Perlman. Yeah, oh, Are you? Wow. that's that's. I, I am excited about that just for that, and then to see. Yeah, I'm interested to see because I feel like um, Far Cry was pretty stale and pretty bad, but like also no one really that good was in it. Well, it had good people in it, but not like extensive roles, mm-hmm, yeah. you know. So this is like, this is like, uh, yeah, Jason Statham. I'm excited about that. I I love Jason Statham. Um, worth noting that uh, I think I'm getting this name right, Kristana Loken is uh is in is she's the lead in blood rain and she's in in the name of the king so it looks like we're gonna get uh some of her in, in either movie that wins here okay I think it's gonna be one of these two don't you yeah i think it's pretty strong yeah i i actually have uh some i have some investment in the other ones too so like 
this is one where I'm I'm pretty so far I'm pretty satisfied with whatever one wins. All right, well let's keep it going because maybe I've actually spoken too soon and I haven't given this next one enough credit. But we've got yes, we've got Postal, <laughs> and this is an action yes. comedy, and I would love to see an Uwe Boll comedy. And uh, this I know. Oof. So this is one. It's I know it was like for some people it was like controversial. Uh, I there's a couple things I know about it. I know that it has it. It's like it has George W. Bush in it and Osama bin Laden. Yep. <laughs> um, and I yeah I know it's supposed to be like a dark political comedy, and I've heard some people say it's good. I've I've also heard uh, other people say it's a uh, horri- horrific and you know shouldn't be seen by anyone. <laughs> um, and I also know Vern Troyer is in this movie. Uh, the actor who played Mini Me. So I there's a lot to look forward to in this one. Uh, J.K. Simmons is also in this movie. I'm just yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm going through. Uh, okay, so J.K. is the only other one that I recognize here. But we we got some guy named Brent uh, Medenhall playing George W. Bush, and he looks exactly like Bush. So fuck that. You know that this is gonna be good. This has nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes actually. So this is. This is a step up from the other movies that we have talked about. I think about. early prediction is people weren't people weren't ready for this one at the time, you know, the the wounds of you know 9/11 and the war on terror were still so fresh and and they just couldn't handle Uve's realness. <laughs> oh, well, let's uh let's cheer for that underdog, but uh, coming out of kind of left yeah. field here for poll option number 4. This is another Uwe Boll classic, but it's actually not based on a video game uh, until about 20 minutes ago. I'd never heard of it. It's called Assault on Wall Street, and it's got uh, Dominic Purcell in it, who I believe was in uh, Prison Break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy was in Prison Break. Okay. okay. Um, and it's got, let's see. That's really the only person that I'm recognizing looking at it here, but uh, the synopsis is... Uh, Jim, an average resident of New York, goes to extreme lengths for revenge after the economy collapses. This one has 25% on Rotten Tomatoes, so this is, I believe, Uwe Boll's highest-rated Rotten Tomato film. Um, yeah. I'm ex- I, I think there are some people who liked it because it was kind of a spin. I heard it was kind of a spin on, like, a, like a Death Wish, you know, like Death Wish, uh, John Wick-type movie where... I, I actually heard it pitches like you can't really they actually made a modern death wish and it's harder to convince people that like going on like a a crime uh, a shooting spree killing you know petty criminals is something you can get behind uh so Uwe Boll made a movie where a guy <laughs> goes on a mass shooting of like Wall Street people <laughs> and I'm like okay uh you know that sounds like I- I'm interested to see that take it sounds fun <laughs> so uh you know I'm sure that would turn off a lot of people but to me that sounds it sounds interesting at least and it sounds very Uwe Boll and just I don't know I'm I'm curious <laughs> about this one I'm curious about all of these actually I, I have a quote about that that he said in an interview I listened to once to hype this up where they were like, um, they were like asking him like, do you condone this? Which is, I think kind of, I think a kind of silly thing to ask, but he's like, no, I don't condone violence. But, uh, he said something like, I just wanted people on wall street to, uh, feel like really fucking scared. 
like, and I was like, hell yeah. What a, what a guy. What a guy. If you're in Vancouver yeah. and you're not supporting this guy's <laughs> restaurant, what are you doing? Support local business. Oh, man. All right. Well, that is bull pull number three. Uh, I can't wait. So pull option number one is Blood Rain. Pull option number two in the name of the king, which also has like five sequels, by the way. Uh, pull option number three is Postal. And pull option number four, Assault on Wall Street. All of these look crazy to me. So I think whatever wins, I, I think that we win. Or maybe lose. Yeah. Uh, that's what we thought yes. last time. And it we didn't. I will say we didn't include House of the Dead 2 or Alone in the Dark 2 because those are not bulls, but we'll cover them someday. But I, I, I still feel like I just want some, like, a pure bull, if that makes sense. Yeah. I didn't want there to be an option to water it down with any other take from any other director. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I don't think I'm quite ready for Alone in the Dark 2 yet either, by God. That might be like a 2025 uh, episode. <laughs> um. Like, oh, shit, we ran out of movies. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'd, I'd start to cover, like, I'd watch Mean Girls before I'd want to watch Alone in the Dark 2, you know? <laughs> like, All right, yeah. Yeah, it's like, okay, we're watching uh, Flubber. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jumanji, sure, yeah. Hell yeah, I'd, I'd watch Flubber. I haven't seen Flubber since I was, like, 10. <laughs> I'd be down for that. Um, while uh, we're yeah. talking about different movies here, before we get to Castlevania, let's go ahead and let's plug... Uh, the Mortal Kombat movie that we just covered, but not the new Mortal Kombat movie, which we covered last episode. Rather, the OG Mortal Kombat movie. We did a commentary of the movie. Oh, yeah. And that was just, like, <laughs> so fascinating to go back and watch that movie. You know, after watching this new take of the movie, it was kind of like, for me, it was like mm-hmm. one of those moments where it's like, I, I, I really thought I wanted something until I got it, and then I got it. And I was like, maybe I liked what we had a little bit more. So it was, it was very, like, it was, a, it was a deep dive into my own psyche of video game movie preferences for me. It was very, I, I love doing that. Yeah. I think um, for me, it was like, it's actually similar, but I I, I think it's sort of me. I, I've either accepted that this is like, just like an old timer opinion or that I'm just totally right. But I, I just feel like I would rather always watch a bad movie uh, from like pre two thousand than like a bad movie now. Uh, because I feel like a bat even a bad movie then, uh, had some craft <laughs> in it. You know, like we were watching it, looking at all the sets and stuff, and I don't know. You just don't really get that now as much. It's like just with stuff being done on a computer. It's like that takes a lot of work mm-hmm. and can be impressive sometimes. But I don't know. That was that was me where I was like, oh, this is this is not great, but. Um, I would just so much rather watch a crappy movie from the early 90s. You know, I feel like um, a bad movie then was like laughably bad, but at least it's you can laugh, right? But like a bad movie now is just kind of like, like movies, like studios are too good to make like really terrible movies anymore for, for the most part, right? It's like it. They, yeah, they just make more like, yeah, focus group to hell. Yeah, like yeah, sludge, yeah. You know? like, like, they're too good to make something truly awful. So it, it's not that anything's truly awful. It's just kind of like, eh, you know, this isn't very good. It's kind of boring. And that's worse. Yeah. Whereas, like, yeah, someone like Paul, he'll take risks. And that's what I like is, like, the like when they make a movie like that where it's, like, you can see the the discontinuity between what they were trying to do and what they accomplished, 
but you at least see, I feel like you see some like humanity in it. And I don't think there, I feel like there's not much humanity in the new Mortal Kombat, you know? Well, I think that, uh, I don't, I don't disagree. <laughs> uh, it was, it was very, it was just a very interesting experience to me to go back and watch the first one. And I'm like, I'm dying to go back and watch Resident Evil and do commentary on that. And that is, uh, gonna yes. be the next movie. Which is next. Yeah. So, uh, if you have not checked out Virtual Theater's Patreon page, uh, please consider doing so. You get bonus episodes. Of course, the entire run of Legend of Zelda cartoon is available there. Uh, you get uh, other bonus episodes just of, you know, random stuff. I think last time we talked about music and your band and stuff like that. But man, you, you're getting these commentary deep dives that like are, are revisiting some of the earlier and some of the most legendary video game movies. And it's it's fascinating mm-hmm. how our opinions have changed and evolved. Yeah, and they're yeah, they're more so they're they're definitely less like focused or like structured than like the Zelda episodes, but they're so much longer and like are packed with commentary. Mm-hmm. So it is like if you like this or you like want to hear us talk about that movie again, <laughs> you can hear us talk about it again and hear different, you know, even differing t- opinions and takes on it and stuff like that. So I yeah, I think if you like the show, like these are these are well worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Well, we've, we've shilled uh, long enough here, Goo. What say you? We get to <laughs> Castlevania season let's, three. Man. Let's All do right. it. So uh, this, this came out about a year ago. And the first thing that anybody uh, is going to notice is that there are 10 episodes instead of eight. Of course, we have covered in depth uh, Castlevania season one and season two, and we're going to be doing season four. I'm actually like, as much as I want to watch it right now, I'm waiting until we mm. cover season four to watch it. Yeah, I was going to just start kind of watching it and then maybe when I finish, because I watch stuff slower, I think, than you. Yeah. So maybe uh, we can cover that in a couple, I don't know, a couple months or something. I, it might, I dare say it might even be sooner than that, Goop, because right now, um, yeah, so I'm yeah. watching Peaky Blinders right now. Have you ever watched that? <laughs> okay. Uh, no, no, I've never, never watched so, it. The first thing I did after episode one is I messaged my good friend, Judy Calder. And I was like, I can't understand you fucking people. Cause like it's a heavy British accents <laughs> and stuff. And it took me a second to, to acclimate to the way that everybody talks. But after uh, I did that, it's actually, it's a pretty decent show. And it's like short seasons, which I appreciate. They're only like five or six episodes. So I am on uh season five, episode three right now. So as soon as we're done that, we're gonna, Sam and I are going to rewatch Castlevania season three and then, you know, bleed right into season four. Oh, OK. All right. Well, let's do it. Yeah, we'll just interrupt our schedule whenever we finish yeah. the show and do it because it's the last season, yeah. right? Yeah, it's the last one. Uh, so we might there we might as well just get to yeah. it. <laughs> so sorry, Hitman, but you're gonna your day in the sun's gonna have to wait a little bit longer. Yeah, and then we got yeah we got John Wick coming up too. Oh, if we're yeah, gonna do course. that again. So like, Hitman, Hitman might have to wait a little bit longer, <laughs> but we'll we'll get to you, Hitman. Someday we'll get to you. Um. So yeah, so we got eight episodes in, or ten episodes rather instead of eight, and uh, I I thought that this was actually uh, kind of an interesting quote that I saw from uh, Adi Shankar, who is the showrunner of Netflix. He had said back in, uh, and I think we talked about this in season two, but he had said um, back in 2018 that uh, they're, they're going to be adapting uh, Devil May Cry. 
into a series which we knew about and which we talked about. But what I did not know about, and I don't think we did talk about, was that he actually wanted to do like a shared universe gimmick, which he called like the quote unquote bootleg multiverse that combines Castlevania and Devil May Cry. Had you heard about this? Oh, interesting. No, no. <laughs> I had not heard about that. You know, and it uh sure. <laughs> it sounds preposterous, but I was reading and somebody was just like, oh, well, you did it doesn't have to make that much sense. The the perfect way to do it is like have Saint Germain show up in Devil May Cry, and there you go. And I was like, you know what? That's actually uh, like yeah. pretty legit. I could see that. I honestly I have no idea what Devil May Cry is about, but uh you know, Devil, uh, Dante, uh, sounds like it connects to me. I don't know. There you go. I, man, I played, um, Devil May Cry 1, like, forever ago when it first came out. I didn't really love it. Uh, I, I watched someone play Devil May Cry 4. I still didn't really love it. I don't know. I, I, I feel like that series is definitely going to make a lot of people happy, but it's not something I'm, like, super pumped for. Did you ever play that series? Yeah, I, you know. No, not ex- no, not at all. But I, yeah, I, I don't. I think that's cool that they're they're doing a show. Why not? <laughs> Sounds pretty cool. And and even as I don't know, like I've become like I I've always liked Castlevania. I I had it as a kid on the NES, um, and I always kind of had fond memories of it. But uh, watching this definitely inspired me to go and okay, it's like Symphony of the Night mm-hmm. is such a classic game that I've never played so it inspired me to actually pick it up and play it um and so you know i could totally see like seeing something like a devil may cry anime and if like the sh- if the world seems interesting enough it's something that i'd be like oh i'll check it out similar like some of our other like i want to get into some of that mortal combat lore and stuff like yeah, that yeah. um so i'm i'm open to the idea and it's We'll probably cover it, so I'm looking forward to seeing any sort of adaptation. Why yeah, not? Yeah, and I I would definitely watch it. It's not like I dislike it, but yeah, it was never my cup of tea. But I I think that they did such a good job with Castlevania, just kind of making that accessible, but also true to like fans. That I I feel like there's no reason to think they can't do the same thing with Devil May Cry. So yeah, that that's gonna be kind of cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it really does have the best of both worlds, where it's like it is authentic. Yeah. But it also is like you can watch it not knowing anything. Oh, oh yeah, and totally get into it. Yeah, Sam obviously had never, you know, heard, played, seen anything about Castlevania, and she like loves the show. So yeah, they did a great job. Um, this is something kind of cool that uh, Netflix announced last week, which uh, is probably going to play into season four uh, more so than season three here. But uh, May. 11th, 2021, Netflix stated that a new series with a new cast of characters set in the Castlevania universe is being planned, but that it would not be a direct spinoff of the original Castlevania series. That's kind of cool. The original anime show? Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be a new... Okay. It's going to be a new anime, but that it is not a direct spinoff of the original Castlevania series. So in my mind... I I kind of feel like maybe what they'll do is um adapt the like Aria Kid, of Sorrow. Kid Dracula. Okay. <laughs> but, I mean they could do that too. <laughs> uh yeah, that'd be cool. Is that where does is that like way off in the timeline or something like that? So Aria of Sorrow um takes place in the future. 
of uh mm, so okay. like, I think it was like twenty the the twenty one hundreds or something like that near you've got this guy named Soma Cruz and he's actually like the reincarnation of Dracula. So he kind of wrestles with himself and like you, you have Julius Belmont there. Alucard is still around. Um, there's, I can't remember the girl's name in there, but she's like a magic user similar to Sypha. So it's like, it's a pretty cool setting and, and definitely like, you know, could be rich for, uh, for storytelling purposes. Kind of a cool, like little, little neat, mm-hmm. you know, just a position to show like the future versus the past and like whatever. I don't know. Could be cool. They should do, they should do a, a Simon Belmont show, but in the style of like an eighties cartoon, that would be sick and have like Conan. Simon. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's like, mon- it's just like monster of the week, you know, like, Oh no, no a, a headless horseman, <laughs> you know, it's like just a Halloween monster. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be totally down for that. I think that'd be cool. Goo, I, I got a question for you. Have we ever <laughs> talked about this before? What do you think of Red Hair Simon from the latter, like, incarnations of Simon Belmont? Um, I I always played, when I was a kid, I played the first game and the third game on the NES. So that's kind of my, yeah, that's my, like, uh, like, I've seen the takes where they, they make some of those characters more um, anime looking. And that's just not really how I see him. You know, I do kind of see him as, like, a he-man like the box art or mm. whatever uh that's that's what does it for me because that's like what i came up with you know right. or grew up with so uh yeah not I, but i'm not opposed i'm not opposed it's just not it's not the one i identify with i, I just know so many people hate red hair simon and i kind of dig red hair simon but it's it's pretty hard to go against like the, the he-man presentation he looks pretty awesome <laughs> it's yeah i love there's something about the uh the early games with Simon and Trevor or whatever, where it's like, it's a little bit more, I mean, they even kept it up where it's like, it seems like even still like goofy, but it, it feels even more like Halloweeny and like not scary, but like, Ooh, spooky, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, there, there's a, there's a big bat. And I, I like now that I've been playing symphony of the night that it has all that stuff from those games, but then it's like, also like it gets even darker and like creepier. And I love that, that it's like, it feels like it's like pushing the envelope of like the series. Where are you at in Symphony of the Night? I got to ask. I'm almost done with it. I'm I'm almost finished. Now, uh, this, this might be a spoiler warning, actually. So I don't know if I should say it. <laughs> are... No, I, I have uh, like a hundred and whatever okay, percent okay. completion. I was going to say, have you flipped <laughs> yeah. that castle yet? Because I know that some people don't know about that. Yeah, that's that's crazy that that's like an optional yeah. thing because it's like so much more of the game. Um, I, I think a lot of Castlevanias Very do cool. that. Aria of Sorrow and Dawn of Sorrow, I know for sure do that, where like you can beat the game, but if you have a certain set of souls equipped, and that's kind of like your abilities in that game, uh, if you have a certain set of souls that kind of match Dracula's powers, then you like continue on with the game and, and get like true 100%. Very cool. I love, I love Castlevania, man. I... I actually didn't know it was a twist um, until like now that I'm playing it and I was like looking up stuff because I like I accidentally basically went to Richter like as soon as that fight opens up and he just whipped my (laughs) ass. It was it was sick, though. I was like, holy shit, this guy is nuts. And so I was like, I'm just going to explore the entire rest of the castle. And that's why I figured out like, oh, like there's this other way to beat him. And then when that happened. I didn't I didn't know there was like an alternate where you could beat him 
without it because I just tried it with the glasses to see shaft or whatever. Uh, but that is really sick. I, I think that's cool. That That's a great game design choice. Mm-mm-mm, I can't wait to play replay Symphony of the Night. We're doing that for Omega Metroid, I think, at some point this year. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Oh, that's sick. That'd be very cool. Um, okay, well, let's let's talk about Castlevania Season 3. Uh, we're not going to go episode by episode because there's just too many episodes and, and a lot of stuff going on. So I figured what we do instead is kind of focus on some of the characters and the, and the general moments and storylines and stuff here. And yeah. um, it's kind of convenient for uh, our episode here because everyone just kind of had their own. Yeah, like, like everyone's everyone's story actually could have been like its own self-contained episode, but then it would have just been awkward. <laughs> like, here's just an episode about this guy, or this guy over here. But that's basically how it felt to me. Like, um, or actually, it felt like maybe um, Trevor and them had kind of a they had maybe more of the season arc. And then everyone else had their own like sp- like mini episodes that were like just peppered in. Yeah, I, if that makes sense, I, I think it does. But I I think I would actually agree with what you said before. I I think that almost everybody like they were doing stuff and it was cool, but it was like like yeah, this is a yeah. bridge season to get us to the the next season. Like this was like season it was yeah, it was like season three of Game of Thrones where everybody's doing their own thing and you know that eventually they're all gonna meet back up, but they're doing stuff to keep him busy in this season. It made me feel a little bit like, um, uh, the first season where outside, Oh, outside of Trevor's story, which I think was kind of, it's a nice little thing, even though it was like a smaller, there were, it was like a smaller scope that felt kind of like whole, but like everyone else's, I felt like I did when you watched the first season where it was like, Okay, and like <laughs> you know, yeah. let's let's uh, keep it going. But I think I think because I felt like those were almost like to the side. Those that was like the world building mm-hmm. that I was like okay with it. It was like that's kind of it was kind of neat. Yeah, it, like the way that I I kind of viewed this season is like like everybody's doing something, but it's uh, other than like the Trevor and Sypha. And I guess maybe Alucard. Well, I and like it's all important. I shouldn't say it's not important. Like it all is important. It and is it's gonna yeah. lead up to it. But like they were doing their own self-contained thing that like in the grand design um was important, but like I, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Maybe in like the context It's very clear it yeah, with the was, the fact that they have the other yeah. vampires that they're like building to this bigger it, thing. Exactly, yeah. It it was like this is just a, a season of building up to the next thing. But I, I actually don't think that, that took away from the season because like everybody was doing cool stuff and like there was lots of cool mm. stuff going on um it well in particular their story in that town with the church yeah. was like compared to the last season where it's like this epic battle it's like way more smaller scale but it did it was self-contained and like had it it did have like kind of a whole conclusion so that was pretty satisfying like i actually um well, it seems it actually seems like oh, this is small stakes, but then by the end of it, it's like a portal to hell yeah. is opening up, and I'm like, oh, actually, this is this is pretty high stakes. Let's just say, let's go with it. Um, so I I have identified what I thought were like the the five big uh, happenings of the season, or like the five big storylines okay, here. So yeah. of course we've got um, the priory and and what's going on in that village with Trevor and Sypha and Saint Germain. Uh, we've got Carmilla kind of building up her army. 
We've got Hector's story and his relationship with Lenore. We've got Alucard and his deteriorating mental state. And of course, we've got Isaac and his march towards uh, Wallachia and Hector, who he has sworn revenge on here. So, yeah, yeah, lots, lots of cool stuff going on. Very independent of each other. But you just know in season four, like it's all coming together and it's going to it's going to be awesome. You know what? Actually, before we get going here, it's worth noting, too. That uh, our, our one of our writers over on Zelda Dungeon, uh, David Lasby, actually interviewed somebody that worked on the Castlevania series and asked him a bunch of questions about Castlevania and about like maybe what if if he ever got a chance to work on a Zelda anime, what it would look like. It's it's worth checking out. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, he was like, um, there would there would be a fairy who's hot, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Link would have a funny catchphrase based on Steve Martin. No, yeah, that was that was a pretty cool that was a cool interview. Everyone should go check that out on Zelda Dungeon. I didn't mean to take away from well, it. Well, let's maybe we should mention it too. There is literally an interview where some some producer that worked on the Zelda eighties cartoon was like, Yeah, we Oh no, it was uh it, our boy Bob Forward who wrote all the episodes and Eve Eve, Eve Forward. Forward. That, yeah, that of, was it, yeah. Someone was interviewing like her and then she got she was like, okay, hold on, Bob has has some stuff to say. And he was like talking about how he was horny for Tinkerbell yep. and <laughs> stuff like that. Oh. What a guy. I, I appreciate that he just like kind of came out and said it. Like everyone in animation like <laughs> fantasizes about Tinkerbell. Like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> he talked about like seeing her on the mirror and getting wood. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Oh man. It it is a interview. That's totally to the energy. Yeah. And go check out our Zelda episodes on Patreon. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we're uh, we are not horny for Tinkerbell, but I guess Sprite is as close as no, we come. No, no. So, uh, all right, let's let's talk about let's talk about the main storyline of of this season, the, the priory yeah. here, and uh, what Trevor and Sypha are are doing. Um, I have to say that I. I really, really love, so they are together in this and they're a couple and I really, really love that they're just like in love and they're doing well and like there's no conflict there. The relationship is never put to the test. Uh, it's yeah. not like a central yeah. focus. You you think that that would kind of be like something that this series would do, but they're just like two people that are ass kickers. They're, they're still in the honeymoon yeah. phase, you know, you can't, they're kind of in the phase where you just want some, you want to see some fun adventures. Um, yeah, I like that. They were cute. I, I loved it, man. I just, uh, it was so nice to see like, like two people that are in a relationship, but like their, their relationship isn't like the focus <laughs> right. and they just like whip ass and beat up demons. Well, that just would have been like also too, like, okay, they just started being together, like, and they've been together a couple months. And then if they were just already like arguing <laughs> stuff, that would have been kind of like, all right, this ain't going nowhere. Yeah. See, Save that for like uh, the eighth season. I don't know. Um, so they, I, I thought sometimes uh, Trevor was like a little too cute for like how they like not with her, just in general. Like some of his like he had some like snappy dialogue that I was like, maybe he's always had that, but I, I just felt like he seems like he's not a funny guy. You know, he's funny like you laugh at him, but I felt like he was like almost cracking jokes <laughs> a little too much. Um. But maybe maybe I just like miss was misremembering that. Uh, well, I I didn't I didn't rewatch this before we uh before we did this, so I'm I probably can't 
comment with any authority, but I remember uh, him being like, like fairly consistent. But I mean, you know, mm. the dude's in love. Give him a break. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it was fine. It was not that big of a deal. In fact, there was some excellent dialogue in the show as well. So I don't, I don't want to take away from it in that sense. Um, well, they. Uh... They find themselves in a little town. I can't remember what the town is called off the top of my head. Um, do you remember? Um, yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember. Uh, it's it's some little some little town in in buttfuck little nowhere. tiny yeah. town. And they get there, <laughs> and there is this weird priory, and there's like this this cult, I guess, of uh, of devil worshippers, and they are you know planning for Dracula's resurrection, and they actually. Uh, once Trevor and Sypha get into the church, they find out that the they are worshipping like one of Dracula's monsters that they've captured and crucified to a wall. This is so fucked up. And this goat monster thing looks like so terrifying. This is so great. I, I just like, yeah, oh, they're so good. There was a lot of this season was great for there was a lot of stuff where in a lot of episodes with this, they were just kind of like like checking out what's going on and there's like not necessarily a lot of action but instead there was like all this kind of like cosmic horror type stuff that uh that i was really shocked by um even i see it now present in the games as i'm playing (laughs) some of them but it was so cool and what's what was kind of like interesting about this uh cult was that it, it it was just like a it was just like a church in the town. It was like a Christian church or whatever. And then they were like visited by this being. And that's what felt so like cosmic horror about it. Cause it like crashed into their church. Uh, and you kind of only saw it from the outside and you saw like the, just like the weird lights that <laughs> emitted from it and all this stuff. And there's all this like psychological music playing and, uh, and it just, it was so, the the prior Sala character, I think was his name. Mm, yeah. Uh the scenes with him where he's like uh you know, he's like starting to interpret uh stuff from the Bible as like as like, oh well, you know, Lucifer was also part of God's plan and uh, and they're like, Oh, do you know this mark that you wear? <laughs> and they're like, Oh yeah, it's the it's the mark of hell and they're like, Wow, it's a blessing and I was like, Oh my god it was it was just one of those things where it's it's so freaky. It was it was done so well. Yeah, I I really I loved like the quaintness of this story. Kind of like you said earlier where it's like they're they're just in like a random church in a random town and they're just kind of like they've been going around like fighting monsters but you just kind of happen to get here and it doesn't really look like there's going to be anything bigger than just like, you know, saving this one random town until you get to the end. So save the yeah, town. Yeah. yeah. I, I like that. I, I like that not everything is like some grand like end of the world adventure. I think you need that after season two to like bring it back down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And and you had just like guess all these like weird trippy scenes that I really loved. Like you had what's his name? San Germain. Like there's one episode where he was just like in that weird tube yes. thing that's all the different colors and that felt yeah that felt like uh yeah i don't know it felt like very like lovecrafty or whatever and i mean even some of those monsters even had kind of that sort of vibe oh, and so uh, many great yeah. castlevania monsters too like that are ripped right from the game especially in the last um 
like the last fight scene when they're inside the church and like they got the portal open. The monsters looked so good. Like this is just like such a gorgeous yeah, show. My truly. God. Yeah, yeah, a lot. Yeah, a lot of great stuff. Part well, there was in you know, the other stories too. They had some of some kind of wild stuff that I didn't expect to see. Uh, but you know, I I can. That's I guess one of the benefits of like going in reverse was like. I bet it's cool to see this stuff translated from the game and being like, wow, that you know, that's that's from this. But it was it was even crazier to like not expect mm-hmm. some of the things I was seeing. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing that sticks out to me that I really love from like the, the Priory village storyline is like when they have all of the, the marks on the houses and stuff like that. And then those fuckers burst into flames. That was, Oh man, that was wild. Yeah, like that yeah. portal came and like whoosh, went open. It was, it was such like a cool Castlevania visual that I, I love. That was like the thing <laughs> I remembered most from season three, actually. Yeah, that was pretty cool. They were like marking the houses with these symbols, uh, basically to like cause, yeah, to like help open this portal to hell. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't, I don't even fully remember. Like, I just watched it not long ago, and I don't like fully remember all the details because it was a bit like, I like they they would say something about what's happening. I'm just like, that's fucking wild, <laughs> you know. And then I kind of for I sort of forgot because <laughs> it. It was just kind of crazy. Like, I know they were talking about, like, some infinite corridor, infinite corridor or something yeah. like that. We'll, we'll talk about that in St. Germain was... here in a second. Okay. Yeah, it, it is wild. Cool. It's fucking crazy. I didn't understand it fully because I was mostly just, like, not, not that it was confusing. I, I just sort of was more taken up by, like, the, the visuals or, like, just some of the concepts and being like, that's wild. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I guess I wasn't. I guess I wasn't thinking too deeply. I don't know. So I feel like when I say this, it comes off as negative, but I, I like, I actually don't mean it as negative or like a criticism at all. But one thing that struck me about Trevor and Saifa in this season is like, um, to me, they didn't really have like a big arc or they didn't necessarily change or grow as characters over the season. They kind of entered as the same characters and left as the same characters. But And I feel like that's okay for this season. That's not like, it's not a critique, but uh, you know, the in the last couple seasons for sure, like they've kind of undergone these character transformations of like all these lone wolves kind of banding together and, and growing in that way. And I feel like this one, they were just kind of like mm-hmm. you know Trevor and Sypha at the start and Trevor and Sypha at the end. Would would you would you say that's accurate or fair? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. That's just like um, that's just what this story I I feel like was was sort of them uh, uncovering this mystery. Like they're they're almost just like you know, the players, <laughs> essentially. Um, but you just kind of there to watch them. It, it's the stuff happening around them, yeah. you know, that's, uh, which is also a way to go. Like, I don't think everybody always needs to change in every season or whatever of a show, you know, sometimes you're just playing a specific role that's cool. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's why I was just like, I, I feel like that's true. They didn't really change, but also I don't think that's a bad thing. Cause like they changed a lot in the first two seasons. I was kind of down to just see like them on this cool adventure. Well, I think, I think even with them, the season itself, like again, it wasn't like, um, a big, like there wasn't like a big arc really. Like they had the most complete story, uh, in terms of like, you know, what was going on and stuff. But like, 
it didn't have like some like a lot of these I said like I said felt kind of smaller and more contained. So like mm-hmm. it makes sense. It makes sense there wasn't this overarching thing. We kind of learned more about other people. Um there was like storylines with uh Saint Germain and the uh prior Sala and kind of a weird ending with like the mayor dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh uh kind of interesting. Um I don't know how I don't know how I felt about that, but overall, yeah, it wasn't about those two like changing necessarily. Yeah, and like they're they're no doubt still the main characters. They have, I think, the most screen time and most of the action sequences. But they didn't really like change a whole lot, but I, I feel like that's fine. It, it was like building up the other guys, which I feel like this season did a pretty good job at. I, I do like the way that they fight together, actually. They they fight together and they, like you you believe them as a team. So I, I thought that that mm-hmm. was actually pretty they, cool. They were our sleuths, you know? They were sleuthing. Ain't nothing wrong with sleuthing. So we didn't get in the way of the sleuthing with, char- like, the character stuff, you know? Um, they th- they were us. Yeah. They were you and me. You and, and me we fight like that about in real life, else. too. We whip ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, yeah, you love the don't whip. Don't fuck with virtual theater. We'll, we'll magic and whip you. Um, <laughs> I'll freeze you. <laughs> I think I'd rather have Cypher's powers to be honest. She fuck she oh, whips okay. ass, man. She's so cool. You're just you're always going on about whips. Well, but like she's got the cool hand gestures and like does the you know, she dude, she can like she Hers does the Iceman gimmick where she's she's stepping on ice and then it's like impaling people after. It's so cool. Oh, when she's yeah, when she's like chopping limbs off, that's pretty sick. I don't think Cypher gets talked enough about actually. Like everybody talks about Trevor and definitely Alucard. Cypher's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the final fight scene where they were just like going ham oh. on monsters was pretty fun. Ah, it was awesome. So good. So good. Um, yeah, you mentioned cool. him earlier. Let's talk about him a little bit more. So the judge is like the mayor of the town, and Prior Sala is the uh, basically call him the cult leader uh, for lack of a better term. Yeah. So these guys are like the bad guys. Well, he's the prior. Well, yeah. <laughs> so these are like the bad guys. Um, obviously they're both bad guys, but one of them's kind of positioned himself as a good guy. They both kind of position themselves as good guys, uh, but they're obviously bad dudes. And I think it's actually ironic well, that they end up basically killing each other. Yeah, the mayor, I f- unless I missed something, like, I didn't until the end get the sense that he was, like, a bad guy. Oh, well, maybe maybe I'm misremembering, but I, I remember thinking, like, this well, dude is bad news. He seems sketchy to me, but, like... Overall, like, then that went away, and I was like, oh, he's just being, like, normal, and, like, it seemed pretty reasonable of him to confront Prior Sala or whatever, and then they reveal, after everything's over, that he, like, was killing children. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, uh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, it just seemed, it seemed, unless I missed something, it seemed, like, superfluous to overall in the story. Like, that was the big ending for Trevor and Sypha was them discovering that, and then they were like, ah, this is fucked up, let's get out of here. But, like, I don't know, it felt a little, like, random to me, but maybe, I'll admit, maybe I just missed something, but it, it seemed like not the point, I don't he, know. He just had bad guy vibes to me, I was like, something is definitely not right with this dude. He's too, uh, yeah. he's too cold, you know, he just, he was, he just was bad, he was a bad dude, he had bad dude vibes. He, he was... Yeah, he, it was like a power struggle between him and the prior. Yes, and and I I do love that they ended up killing each other. I think that was actually kind of poetic, where, like, 
because Saul or uh, the judge had Sala go into his trap where he kills all the children in like the spike pit and stuff like that. <laughs> but then yeah. Sala knew about that pit, which because I think he directs uh, he directed Trevor and Sypha to the judge's place where there's all like the the shoes and stuff like that from all the kids. And then they burn his house down. Yeah, He keeps the kids shoes. <laughs> that's fucked up. That's funny. Fuck that guy. <laughs> I mean, that's fucked up. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I thought that was pretty satisfying when he got spiked at the end. I I like that. Yeah, you know, uh, he he got some uh, taste of his own medicine. I don't know. There you go. Uh, good good little placeholder bad guy. Both good, of them, I feel like for this good, season. Good voices from these guys. Yeah, uh, you know, ju- the judge. I think that was Jason Isaacs. So shout out to our our boy from the very end of the first Resident Evil, and that's it. Oh, uh, it's good. He's got a great voice, though, and of course, uh, you know, the other people coming back, like Richard Armitage and stuff. It's just like a nice show to listen to, honestly. It, it is, and uh, Richard Armitage in particular, man, like, I, I, the first time I listened to that podcast that you recommended me, the Wolverine one, it took me a second to place oh, him. Oh, yeah. But I was like, oh, man, this guy is so good. Who is this? And I And I finally looked it up and like he's just like that dude has a voice like like silk man like well not like silk because he's kind of grasping and gravelly but you know sounds good but it sounds good it sounds yeah good. it sounds like uh like sounds like he'll he'll keep you safe yeah he's got like a man's voice he's got a, a manly man's yeah voice. <laughs> nice and yeah, deep not, not like our fucking voices on this show <laughs> richard armitage has a real voice yeah. um all right well let's talk about uh saint germain who is voiced by Bill Knighty, and uh, he he kind of has like the the biggest, not the biggest, but like he he's definitely important to the series. He's definitely the the focus new guy in this season for sure. Um, much oh, like much like Hector and Isaac last season, I thought he was kind of obnoxious, but I feel like that's kind of the point with him, right? Yeah, yeah, he was like a a little goof. Yeah, I, I like that, and he was like um, he was like uh going through some stuff so i i like that that he was kind of like this uh weird i don't know rogue dude i guess you could say yeah i i think that it's really he was on his own and he's kind of fucked up definitely fucked up you should so the character that he was based on is saint germain and i think it's from the from the playstation 2 game curse of darkness and i think it's funny that like they take so much from that curse of darkness game because like it wasn't a very celebrated game it wasn't very like like, I don't know, it was, it was just, like, kind of a random Castlevania game, but, like, you've got St. Germain, you've got Isaac, you've got Hector, like, you've got a lot of people from that game in this show. So, I, it always kind of struck me as weird. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. But he, uh, he, I, he, he's got a cool story and, like, a cool, like, uh, gimmick, I guess, because the, the, whole, the whole thing about the Priory is they're opening a portal to hell, and to get, to, they have a very specific goal opening that portal to hell, but to do that, they need what is called the Infinite Corridor, and that's that trippy-looking, like, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, like, lots of lights, like you're in this weird tunnel with tons of different doors, and this, so basically it can get you into, like, alternate dimensions and different realities, and it's, like, craziness, and he is looking for, I believe it's, like, his lost love or something like that. Uh, yeah. Really trippy yeah. stuff. And, like, he's, like, he has, like, he's all messed up from the Infinite Corridor. 
he like can't sleep and he like has like night sweats and stuff like that. So he's all goofed up from it. And he So that was kind of cool. He knows that they've opened up the the infinite corridor portal in his priory. So he's like trying to weasel his way in and he's kind of like you know, he's he's going into business for himself and and playing everybody against each other so that he can get closer to it. But I think that the end payoff was actually pretty cool where like he gets into the the corridor and you see that like crazy scene of like all the different realities there's one with like an alien ship you remember that one oh my god yeah there were, it was like they're mixing like there was like 3d animation stuff there was some things that looked like sort of photorealistic and that was cool that that was so cool i loved all of the cosmic stuff because it's like you know you kind of expect the the violence and like the classic like gothic horror stuff but then when it's i, I always feel like Cosmic horror, um, it's always it's mixed in fantasy a lot, but I just it, it gives it almost like the sci-fi element that is very cool. Mm. And so <laughs> that was another when all those scenes were hitting, I was just like, "Holy, oh <laughs> man! <laughs> like this is fucking crazy." Yeah, that was. That I, was yeah, so cool. I felt like I had like a kid's mind watching this show. I was just like, whoa <laughs> it looked awesome there was all these like cool lights and pretty colors and stuff it was just like hell yeah this is this is psychedelic if it, it felt like uh uh the the cutscenes in uh symphony of the night like they're similar just because it that's more because it's like this old like 3d graphics but i'm watching that and it's like blowing my mind still <laughs> uh just because it's so out there i'm just uh, yeah i i those were some of my favorite scenes for sure. Um, it was totally awesome. And then uh, he actually closes himself in the portal to hell, I think. So he's in hell when this series ends. But I don't think we've seen the last of St. Germain. I really don't. Yeah, he's like, I'll see you again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't be. I would not be surprised if that guy showed up in Devil May Cry. I wouldn't be surprised if he showed up in season four. <laughs> okay. I don't know. But the big so the big reveal here and it's not. I feel like they saved this for last because like this story of the Priory seems kind of self-contained until you get to the last part here where like the infinite corridor, um, it actually takes you to hell. And wouldn't you know, there's our boy Dracula. And this is obviously going to oh, yeah, be there a big his... part of season four is, is him coming back from hell. But whew, that was pretty, that was pretty badass. He's always got to come back. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was Yeah, badass. I liked you you cut there, he's holding he's holding his wife and he's looking all yeah, upset. <laughs> his <laughs> wife should be good. in hell though. She was a good person. Yeah, you know, maybe he's gotta cut a deal with death or something. I don't know. Yeah, oh man. That would be so I really hope in season four we see death show up. Like that would be so cool to see death like the character, you know? Yeah. Mm, that'd be cool. Maybe Isaac turns into death. That would be cool. Oh, okay. I can see yeah. that. I can see that. Um, but yeah, the the tease of of Dracula is was just enough to make you just kind of think like this is more than like the self contained story and like what happened here is going to be important and like you know I I think I think it's pretty obvious from watching the season four trailer that Dracula is coming back and this is probably how they get him back. So that it's pretty. It's pretty cool. One thing occurred to me here, you know, especially after the way that Dracula went out, all these people, Gooey, trying to resurrect Dracula, no one ever stopped to think Dracula wants to be resurrected or not. 
Very compelling. Oh, okay. Um, okay. That's a, that's a good that's a good point. Yeah, he he's kind of a he was kind of a sad sack by the end of uh that last season. Uh so I can't imagine he really wants to exist anymore. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's just okay in hell. He's just hanging. Getting a tan. You yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's always been, you know, kind of a downer since uh she died. Yeah. So yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, so interesting. I, I'm I'm so pumped for season four. That's gonna be so good. Uh, but yeah, definitely yeah. An, an awesome tease and like kind of a nice bookend to the Priory storyline. So I I really enjoyed the storyline. It wasn't like it was smaller in scope, but I I think that that actually really added to it. And like the fight scenes were just like off the walls, awesome. We had like our established characters just doing what we like to see them do. I, this this really worked for me. I liked it a lot. Yeah, yeah, it brought something new too. Like I said, with just like the spending some time in that town, and then with like some of those cosmic horror elements, it was like a new, yeah, just like a new kind of flavor for the show. That was cool. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, let's let's go to kind of storyline thread number two here. Um. Not really much to talk about, actually. To be honest, we have uh, Carmilla and her warpath, and like basically. Oh she, yeah, she doesn't really do a whole lot herself. She well, I, I like. Uh, I think that is part of also yeah. the story with the uh, other dude. Like that was that was connected. So it was like tied into that bigger it, thing. It so was, it was, yeah. you know, it was smaller. Yeah, I I chose because it was e- about each of the sisters. Yeah, yeah. I, I chose to kind of make those those stories a little bit separate because I thought that Hector and Lenore actually had like a pretty cool like little thing between themselves too. But um, Carmilla here, she she's obviously going to be like she's the main bad guy in the series, and she was you could argue that from the, the moment that she walked in in season two, she was like the main overall bad guy in the series, and like she's like she's again she doesn't really change, she's doing her thing, and like but she's so good at it, she's so awesome and evil. Um, she's basically, this is basically mm-hmm. just like the planning stage for her where like, she's saying like, like forget Wallachia, I'm going to conquer everything and like move everywhere. And, uh, the only holdup here is that she needs an army, but that's what she has Hector for. But, you know, as we'll talk about in a little bit, the monsters that Hector creates are going to be loyal to Hector and not to Carmilla. So her big thing this season is trying to figure out, you know, how that's going to happen. Um, let's talk about her sisters, Marana and Striga. They don't really have a ton of time devoted to them. They're both pretty cool. Um, but yeah, they, they don't yeah, get well, a lot to do. Yeah. We we get well, so what's interesting about that and it, it ties into the Hector thing is they they sort of show that uh they all they all have like these very specific strengths, like the ones like a master tactician, you know, when it comes to like war and, and, and planning and stuff like that. And they show that they all have these strengths, and then you're especially, I think, surprised with the Hector story of uh, whatever her name was, like, like when she uh, eventually takes the initiative, and you're like, oh, wow, she's actually, like, <laughs> fucking crazy. Um, but it's like, yeah, they all, they all actually, like, are these, have these, like, very specific um, skills that are, like, they're very powerful and I like that establishment of like she's just kind of like uh uh you know 
giving them each their own tasks mm. and being like, make it, make it work. And she actually doesn't really have uh, ideas on how to make it work. She's just like, I know you can. And so you see that each of them and like what they do, they're all like geniuses <laughs> in their own way or, or whatever you want to call them. And so I like that. I think they'll do something with that in the next season. You know, like there'll maybe be a challenge to her or like, you know, you know, there'll be some pushback or something uh, where it's like, yeah, you've just kind of been delegating, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, they did, they did a great job of like building this, you know, the sisters up to be like real bad guys. They didn't have a whole lot. Well, three of the four didn't have a whole lot to do this season, but I'm, I'm like, to see what they're going to do next season. But I guess let's just talk about the, the, Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. The two seem like there's just something like they did a the um even even though it's like they're show they're like established very much as like pretty evil, they do some like characterization and like humanizing mm-hmm. of them. And so that leads me to believe like even though it's like a little bits and pieces, like that's a whole lot compared to what what Carmilla or whatever brings to the table when she's just like pure evil it seems you know she's she's definitely going to be the big bad of season 4 for sure and it seems like she's definitely going to have an army uh, at her disposal because yeah. we got we got Hector who's captured and uh it's it's funny to think cuz in this season Hector is like a full on baby face. Like he's, he's a full on good guy. And it's, and it's funny to think like literally just one season ago, he was willingly building an army to eradicate humanity. So it's funny how, how fast we sympathize with him. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, yeah, they just show. Yeah. They just show that what he's going through or whatever. And it's, you know, you can sympathize with him if you want. Uh, I, yeah, definitely. I mean, he's locked in a cage, and he can't go anywhere, so it's kind of like... And they, they also kind of set up that he was, he's like, was always kind of misled and led around, you know? I, I don't know if I would say that redeems him, that's kind of up to you or whatever, but uh, that, that was always how I felt that he was, that he was just kind of like a, you know, oh, weak, like emotionally very weak and very uh, malleable, and that's why... She was. I I know you were you were kind of mad at him in the last season, but I feel like she manipulated him, and that was kind of the point. So you're supposed to kind of feel bad for him, uh. But I guess you could also be like, you dumbass, got yourself in this. Uh, you could have that interpretation. Well, I I think that I actually kind of have both. Um, where where on one hand I'm just like, fuck, man, like, what did you think was gonna happen? But on the other hand, it's like I do feel bad for him because he is. That's a great word. Very malleable. Um, and mm-hmm. like he, he, I think he is. Yeah, most of these characters in the show are like evil, but they're like pitiable. I guess is how I would describe them. Uh, not out, not all of them. Like I, I don't really think there's any. Maybe next season we'll get into it. But Carmilla, I don't think there's anything to pity with her. No. But you know, most of the characters, except for like, I guess like Trevor and Sypha aren't evil, <laughs> but uh, everyone else is like kind of evil, but. Like they have their, they have their, you know, flaws and weaknesses that they, the show exposes and you kind of, you know, can feel pity for them. Well, 
it is it's hard not to feel bad for Hector because like the dude is like naked eating moldy bread in a cage like (laughs) this guy's fucked like he's in a bad spot it's pretty rough (laughs) um yeah they they fuck him up enough (laughs) but then then lenore the fourth and the youngest sister the master of diplomacy is her special skill uh comes and starts befriending hector and uh she is very very good at diplomacy (laughs) it would seem so she this one this one actually hurts because she starts to like you know treat him well she she's doing the, like the classic stockholm syndrome gimmick where like she yeah <laughs> you can you can read any book in the library yeah <laughs> and, and she's giving him meals and like she's telling him whatever she, so basically she's seducing him and it totally works and hector truly believes in her that you know she is going to be the one to set him free and that she's fallen for him and like to me um so i guess well, let's lay it out here so at one point lenore and hector start fucking and lenore basically says something like uh pledge your loyalty to me or something while like while they're banging and so of course hector is just like roll tide i'm loyal to you and then Lenore slips this ring on him that binds Hector to him. And I don't, I can't remember the specifics, but basically it allows all the monsters that Hector will create to be loyal to Lenore and not Hector. And you could see this turn or like this betrayal from Lenore coming from like a hundred miles away. But I thought that it still like really hurt when it happened, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, cause when they, so when she first started talking to him, in like one of the earlier episodes, it's very clear. Like, okay, this is this is her goal. She's gonna seduce him or whatever, you know, and get him to fall in love with her. And um, and then that's that's the trick. But then by the time that scene came around, I was sort of like thinking, like, I knew it wasn't as like obvious as like, oh, she's in love with him too. But I I did start to like believe. I did believe that at least he felt like love <laughs> and like that he believed her, you know? And so, but then what really threw it off was she like mentioned the rings earlier in the scene. Cause they had to like establish the rings. Right. Um, and then when they start fucking, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know about this. There's something weird about that. What, whatever's happening here. And then, yeah, th- there it is the rings. But I, I guess again, it plays into I guess how malleable <laughs> this guy is. Uh, yeah, yeah, it it did hurt. It was it was definitely sad. It, it was sad because like she's so sweet, or she looked so sweet, and like she looked, she seemed like a good person. And she's not. And she she's fucking awful. Yeah. Oh. And then and then they're like, oh yeah, you're a genius too, and and not only that, it plays into what I was saying about like we might see conflict with the sisters. I think because, uh. The monsters aren't loyal to Carmilla; they're loyal to her. Yeah. So that that, that was cool. kind of that's kind of an interesting twist, and it was kind of cool because it's like we've already established Carmilla is like she's like this super evil big bad, but then it's like this this one girl who seemed so sweet at first is actually like low key, uh, pretty sick <laughs> in the in the head, and uh, she's got all this power too. You know, she's like an equal part of this at this point. Yeah. 
Um, so I, I'm I'm interested to see where that goes. I, I think that you could say that Lenore was like the biggest villain of the season. If if you want, yeah. if you want to look at it like that, <laughs> like you know, she maybe maybe the guy who kills kids and like keeps their shoes. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. well, that guy got spiked. Fuck him. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, it, it, I didn't you know, I didn't really actually think about how there might be conflict between Carmilla and Lenore, but like yeah. They they're not loyal to Carmilla. I think, I think that's definitely on the table. There was some subtle stuff like even when like the the two that are like together or whatever were like uh up late once talking and then Carmilla's like it's the middle of the day go to bed and i like that it's sort of like establishers like i don't know it just felt like she it's like just like that i like i'm annoyed by my roommates thing (laughs) it's like minor (laughs) conflict but i was like okay and they're like come on let's have some wine or whatever and she like she loosened up so it's like believable that uh they can stand to be around each other but it to me it, it felt a little bit like I don't know if they, like, fully like each other, you know? Well, there were some moments, too, where the, when they were squabbling, and, like, I think Carmilla and the other two at one point were talking shit about Lenore and saying, like, oh, you're falling for your pet or something like that. And it kind of, like, made yeah, you believe. Yeah, you've adopted him. Yeah, it was just like, okay, maybe she yeah. is, like, you know, her sisters are unhappy, and then the, the turn, the swerve, was was all the more hurtful. Yeah. That'd be cool, though. I'd love to see yeah, the that was pretty cool between those guys. That, I think there's that was the great that all there's all this like crazy fucking that was like intercut with like the big action scene and I was like this is awesome <laughs> <laughs> this is so wild that like uh yeah I don't know it was just there was just so much going on <laughs> that was, they, was, they merged like was Hector fucking at the same time Alucard was fucking yeah, yes okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then that was at the same time uh as like the big like uh hum- legion thing and then also with like the church battle so it was just like mass violence and battles and fucking <laughs> all at once and i was like all right you know this show it knows what it what it is you know <laughs> it doesn't shy away that's what i like about it oh, it's not like afraid the show's not afraid to like like be like fucked up like the games are and, and like go there and do that stuff but also it's like it's not afraid to be like it it's like the concept in the world is like wacky and goofy so it's i think that's cool that it it is it is not ashamed of like what the video game is you know it like definitely honors it in a lot of ways yeah totally totally uh that was that was a wild crescendo uh that you just mentioned <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right yeah <laughs> Well, let's. So yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get to the other story and see the other side of that uh, that fucking. And let's talk about Alucard. And he also doesn't really do a whole lot this season. And I was actually less impressed with his storyline this season than probably any other storyline going on. Um, what say what say you? I uh, by the end, I was actually like, at first, I was like, what's going on here? And then by the end, I kind of saw the point of it because he was like, he was like holed up and depressed and lonely. Right. And then he has these two, these two people that he's like basically training to kill vampires. And I guess what I ended up liking about it was they, they end up not trusting him and they think he's lying to them and he is, but he isn't. 
And by the end, like, I guess by the, what I liked by the end of it was that he was, it was like, he doesn't trust you. It was just sad. He doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't. And he kills these people that he felt close to. And he's kind of back to square one (laughs) with it all. Uh, And yeah, he, and he's like, I never lied to you (laughs) or whatever, but it was like, you were kind of lying to them, you know? So to, to set the table here. Alucard is at Dracula's castle, which is also on top of the Belmont Keep, by the way. Uh, so he's there by himself. Yeah. The whole place is fucked up from the from the battle in season two. Um, and eventually, these two uh, people come in. Their names are Sumi and Taka. And they were like captors of one of Dracula's uh, war members. Uh, I, can't, I can't remember their name, but it was, like, mm-hmm. was kind of like the, the Asian vampire, I guess, if you will. Um, and, and they eventually killed yeah, him. That was they, actually pretty had, cool. Like, this whole... Yeah. I, that was a pretty cool scene. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they were showing, yeah, they were showing, like, these flashbacks of when they were, I think it was in Japan, and yeah. they were, like, under her control, and, like, they were showing, they just, like, gave some cool, like, kind of world-building sort of information about her, but you saw some of these cool, like, fight scenes with her, and that's, that's the thing I liked about the season was, like, you got these little like teases of these or not teases, but like little bits of like stuff you just didn't expect to see. And so I like kind of seeing some of their time there and those fights and stuff. So their, their backstory was kind of cool and they go to the castle and they meet Alucard and they want him to train him. And Alucard's going stir crazy and he misses like Trevor and Sypha and and everything like that. And he's obviously in a wreck from the battle with his dad and he takes him under his wing and, uh, he, so basically, he doesn't lie to them necessarily, but he says that they're not ready to learn everything yet. Like they have to do, they have to pay their dues, and and uh, these guys wanted everything like right now. So there's this really weird fucking scene where the the two of them, Sumi and Taka, go up and they have a threesome with Alucard, and uh, they yeah, they tie him up <laughs> with, with I don't know, it was some kind of rope that like. Like silver yeah. or something, like whatever vampires, yeah. And so they're going to kill him, but Alucard can control his sword with his mind, so he ends up, like, destroying these two. This was a weird, weird sex scene even before the uh, <laughs> the killing. Mm-hmm. I, well, so I liked it because it was, like, they they were almost playing on his, like, uh, loneliness. loneliness yeah. I liked it, too. It was, yeah. it was strange, but, like, good strange. Oh, you know what? The I never lied to you was like, because he told them they were like, oh, they were talking about magical weapons earlier in the season. And he was like, oh, yeah, like my father wasn't much for that. But then like he kills them with that sword. And he's mm-hmm. like, I said my father didn't use magical weapons. And I, and I guess that's what I mean. It's like he didn't lie to them, but like he was lonely. But then this kind of like it really showed how like um cordoned off or whatever he was from people like kind of emotionally like he wasn't. You know, he's not putting himself all the way out there, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, and it, it made sense as like the fallout of the last season. And that's some of this season I feel like was like, it's like fallout from the last season. And now we're going to see like, we've established that about him. It almost, it almost felt like a epilogue to the last season it, 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 and less of like setting up the next season with mm-hmm. him. It was just kind of, it goes both ways, but yeah, it's like. We're getting like, what's the fallout of that? And then 
now it's like, what are we going to, you know, what are we going to see when he comes back in with these other characters? Yeah. The, the Specifically his two friends that he is making dolls out of or whatever. So, actually, before we move on, I, I got to talk about one weird thing with this sex scene. Tell me if you notice this. Nobody has a dick. You You very clearly see... Taka and Sumi, and they've been, like, killed by the sword, and they both fall backwards, and you can see Sumi's, like, breasts, but Taka just doesn't, there's nothing there, it's like a black shadow. I, I, okay, they are, they're, they're definitely more reserved about showing Hog, but I, I did see dicks in this season, I saw, um... The what the other dude's dick? I I've, I know I can't remember his name ever, but I saw dicks. I saw dicks in this. There there were other naked people too, but th- this is just always a thing. I feel like they're always down with showing tits and stuff, but they they like you rarely see dicks. It's, it's so strange because like <laughs> yeah, you see Alucard and like you don't see his dick either, and he's lying there. He, like they're literally banging and like. No, yeah. nobody's got a dick. I, I, don't, I, I don't care. I got to give them credit. I got to give them credit. I was looking. I was out looking. And I saw some. But All right. like a lot of things, there's just a lot more tits than hog. And it's it's a fatal flaw, you know, I would say. You know what? That, that's fine. But like, it's it's like, man, this is like, this is this is unrealistic. Like, there's there's nobody has a dick here. Like, it's it's okay. You can show that. If Castlevania were real, there would be dicks everywhere, oh. and I I can't accept uh. this. Well, I know because I feel like they're probably imagining like like a lot of things, like who their audiences they're playing to, and I think I think that's such bullshit. You know, I I feel like I feel like I, I you know it. Show the dick, you know. It doesn't matter. Nobody's getting offended. <laughs> yeah, just, just show. We all know what it is. I I want to know how big Alucard's dick is. Actually, like, is it pure white? Like the red? Like, it's, I don't know. I just yeah. I, I rewatched th- that scene today, always... and I was like, why does nobody have a goddamn dick? That you always just see like the thrusting and stuff like that. But I wanted to see them <laughs> slobbing on his knob. <laughs> Can you imagine? It'd be like, wow, this is like legit pornographic at this point. Um, you know what? Okay, so this is a sidebar talking about dicks here. But so I was watching, <laughs> I was watching American Gods, and that's a cool show. And there was there was a sex scene between two dudes, and yeah, like usually, like when when you're watching like TV and there's a, a sex scene between two guys. They they usually like find every way to shoot around it, or they just don't like shoot it at all, right? Because like you said, I feel like yeah, I feel like lots of people are just like, oh, I, I don't want to see that, whatever. And like and like I'm, a- well, I also th- I think it's a ratings thing too, though. It, I think it there's probably like- is, yeah, yeah. And in like I don't know why I, I'm a straight dude, right? But like, who the fuck cares, right? Like whatever. Show me the dick. The yeah. in American Gods, these two dudes were going fucking hard and they they did not shy away and i was just like holy shit like this is like this is like a legit like intense sex scene and it was it was the first one that i can remember that was between like two dudes where they were just like fuck this like let's do it and they they sure did that's cool yeah yeah good for that there you go <laughs> I, don't, I, I just i feel like who cares you know fuck, whatever whatever show me the yeah dick. grow up yeah. Grow up. That's what I think. Yeah. Give me, give me Alucard's dick in season four. Or give me nothing. <laughs> but yeah, that's 
I, I, I really want to. We need a full catalog. We've seen everyone's tits. <laughs> now we need we need to we need a literal dick measuring contest. Oh jeez. All right. So uh, I can't even remember where we were before talking about the dicks. Oh, I remember where we were. Oh no. Okay. So I riddle me this. I can't tell, and I still don't know if Sumi and Taka had the intention to kill Alucard what before they got there, or if they were just like grew frustrated and then wanted to kill him. What was your read Ooh. on that? You know, I don't know. I was kind of, I was sort of a little shocked by that. Um, I feel like I remember them sort of kind of growing sort of exasperated by, you know, not getting to see the stuff. I, I think, I don't think they planned on it, but I don't know. No, I, I don't know either. Cause I, when they showed up, I was, you know, I'm, I'm, cynical dude and I was just like okay well these guys are coming to fuck with Alucard and eventually they did but I do wonder if that was the intention or not interesting uh interesting to think about I wonder yeah I guess the scene they introduced them like they're they're seemingly going like trying to kill him and they're like no we're not trying to kill you yeah we want we We want want you to train us um so the whole payoff for this Alucard storyline is that eventually he impales both of these guys on spikes, and so they want to leave you with the idea that Alucard is basically turned into his father, and he's turned into Dracula. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's actually fairly compelling as an idea, because, like, where is he going to stand in, in season four? But it took a long time to get there, and I just, I don't know. To me, I was just like, all right, like... I mean, to me, I was just like, well, why doesn't he just fucking leave? Like, why, instead of making a, a Trevor and Saifa doll, like, why doesn't he just go be with Trevor and Saifa? Like, there's nothing for mm. him at the castle. But, I I mean, I don't know. I think he, I guess he maybe feels tied to it, or like, you know, he feels something about with his father, I guess. I don't know. Because he, he's like, he's like sort of protecting it, too. He's like not trying to show other certain parts of it to people, so... Like, I, I feel like maybe he feels, like, kind of um, responsible for it or something. Yeah. Beholden to it. Like, yeah. So, that's a good point. I think we'll probably see him, uh, maybe he'll feel, like, abandoned by Trevor and Sypha, too. Maybe. Yeah. That could be. Yeah, it could be a way they go. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> it, it, it was okay. I, I just feel, like, the ending was cool. Like the like the last episode or two of stuff that Alucard was doing was pretty cool, but before that it was just kinda like you know. He he was he was obviously just was like hanging out. wasting time until we get to the next big Alucard plot. They they were doing like it it was similar to the Hector thing, I remembered his name, where <laughs> they were building they were trying to build the relationship for when that inevitable twist comes, you're supposed to kind of feel yeah. feel it, you know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I uh, it, it wasn't so, as you know. big of a when Lenora turned on Hector, even though you could you knew it was coming. That was just like oof. But this one, I was just kind of like, all right, these guys kind of suck, anyways. Like whatever. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. Um, definitely going to be doing some cool stuff I, in season four, though. Does, I think for sure there seems to be sort of a uh, a theme in the season of like people like humanity or whatever like betraying you or letting you down uh i guess lenore is a vampire so it doesn't fully matter but like i was thinking with them too and uh with 
you know, I guess maybe with the the mayor or whatever. But then there's a whole, there's a whole conversation that uh, Isaac has with uh, Lance Reddick <laughs> on the boat uh, about that sort of thing too, about like you know what is a man and <laughs> stuff like that. So yeah, all right, well. It- Maybe that plays into it. Let's talk about him. Let's talk about Isaac. This is my favorite character from last season, and he was pretty. He was pretty awesome in this season too. Although he he again is kind of like like he 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 does some side quest kind of stuff in this season rather than like important yes. stuff. But that's okay. His yeah, his overall mission is um for related to Hector, so we don't get that. Like, and his big final mission is, it feels, at least at the time, it's like, it, it is related to other stuff, but it, it's kind of like, you're just like, oh. But it ends up being cool, and then, um, it also has some things with the other storylines in this where, um, I was just, there was just certain things that were interesting or pleasant to see. Uh, so, for example, one of the standout moments in the season was when, he just wants to talk to like one of the night creatures he made about like his life or whatever. Uh, and it was kind of a par- It was kind of a parallel to like how um, prior Sala was seeing like heavenly beauty mm-hmm. in, in like the devil and like the monsters because he was now talking to these night creatures and like talking about his life. And he was kind of like, thanks for my life. <laughs> I'm going to be as fucking evil as I can. But like to him, that was like beautiful, you know, that he like is reborn <laughs> as this weird demon guy. Uh, that was one of my favorite scenes in the season. Uh, yeah, it was just like, he was just doing a lot of cool stuff in this. Like he's been, his whole story is like, he's just on a war path to get back to Wallachia and, and, you know, take his revenge on Hector for helping kill Dracula. And it's funny that he kind of picks up Hector instead of like Carmilla, but I guess whatever. They're probably one of the same to Isaac, but yeah, he's doing a lot of cool stuff. He's like, he's like having the the conversation with the pirate captain, uh, who is kind of cool. I think they never, I don't think they ever give him a name. I think he's just the captain. He's the captain. Yeah. That's what he tells him. Yeah. I, that was pretty cool. I kind of liked that actually. So Isaac was just like, if you do what I say and like, you don't resist, like I'll sp- spare you i guess um i, I kind of like that like he does have like some i don't know if i'd call it humanity but like he i don't know maybe humanity the captain was well it was like kind of cool like the captain sort of he like pushed back he was like confrontational to him but he also was tr- kind of trying to be like humans aren't so bad and i, I like their little banter mm-hmm. like where he's like, I'm going to kill you and take your boat. And he's like, uh, no, you're going to hire me because <laughs> uh, you can't sail a boat. And he's like, sailing a boat can't be that hard. He's like, uh, if it was easy, why would we need all these people <laughs> or whatever? I don't know. It was just like a nice little like exchange of words that he was like, um, he was still like holding his ground against him, but he was also like, compared to everyone else who whenever Isaac came through like a town or whatever, they're like, get the fuck out of here. We're going to kill yeah. you. He was like, no, you you can hire me. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I, <laughs> so I like this that. This guy was cool. And I, I hope you haven't seen the last of him, but uh, yeah. So, so Isaac, he was looking for like the, the magic mirror or whatever it was, right? Like the, the like the teleportation. Yeah. Yeah, mirror. yeah. That was his whole goal. Yeah. All the like magic stuff. I, I, when you explained the like 
tunnel and the portal to hell, it like made sense to me. But while I was watching it, I was just like, all right, yeah, I, f- I forgot why. Like, I immediately, f- it wasn't even that it was confusing. Like I said, it's just like I immediately forgot what it was for. <laughs> uh, I was just like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> it's like a cool mirror that shows him stuff. Oh, it showed him, did it show him Hector? Yeah, and yeah, that, Hector that's what was. it was. Showed him where Hector yeah. was. That's what it is. Isaac, I feel like, like more okay. than anyone was just definitely on like a side quest kind of thing where he met someone and she was just like, you need to go to this magician and defeat him because he has like an army or something like that. And and that was like the whole basis for oh. his thing. And I was just like, all right, all right, cool. Yeah, he he had this conversation with like this witch lady and like I immediately forgot what they were talking about. Uh, but yeah, it it was so that he needed to go. He went and he fought like basically the horde or whatever the the legion oh, where it's like a ball of people, which was fucking that was sick, fucking awesome, so good. Yeah, so that I forgot. He the guy in the town had all these people like enslaved, and he was like he could like control them, so he was like took all just like these bodies and like made masses of of like masses of the bodies and was like throwing them at him and stuff that was that was pretty wild uh dude that that legion thing was probably the best visual of season three i think it was so cool and like oh it was just so cool seeing like a classic castlevania boss like in in that like in this series in a way that made sense but in a way that was like gruesome and gross but like awesome uh, yeah i thought legion was like so 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 awesome i was so happy mm-hmm. to see it um the battle with isaac against this magician was was pretty cool isaac is such a badass i i have a soft spot for him i think he's yeah. so cool yeah yeah so that that w- it was cool i guess that makes sense too because he needed an army yeah and it's like this guy's got a ton of bodies so he like now immediately has an army <laughs> no question so it looks like in season four we're setting up for isaac's army versus uh carmilla's army versus probably you know maybe uh trevor and, and sypha and their gang versus alucard and who knows where dracula is going to be in this i feel like there's like tons of cool mm. stuff that's going to be coming on here but uh yeah his story his story i thought was was pretty cool it was like you know it was like i said it was a side quest but it was it was cool to see him kind of doing his thing and and becoming I, more independent. It was also cool, like they were kind of in a different part of the world, and like uh, there was more references to like Islam, which I thought was cool because mm-hmm. like Castlevania traditionally plays on like you know like Christian myths and stuff, and and like you know there's all that obvious stuff like holy water and the cross, and it was cool to see like that it's like. It just tie it. Uh, it all ties together, you know. Like, I thought that was like real, like really cool. For I, I don't know if they do that in the games or whatever, but it it made logical sense, you know. So, uh, yeah, that was cool. Like, it opened up the world even more. Yeah. So, yeah, I I think that you know while he was doing his other stuff, at least like it was cool to see like a, that other part of the world, and it was cool to see him kind of evolve beyond like dracula's right hand man and now he's got some agency of his own so i'm i'm looking forward to see you seeing where he's going in season four i, I feel like i've said that about every single story we've talked about but yeah I, I i have a soft spot for isaac i think he does like the cool some of the coolest stuff in the show mm-hmm. 
he seemed he also seemed a little fucked up uh talking to the the weird demon guy yeah. he created so that kind of gave him some depth of like like he totally hates humanity or whatever right but um you know then he's got these other creatures he's created and it's kind of like uh i don't know about this either you know We'll see, he buries all of his his fallen soldier people at the end of it too. So he's he's growing a little bit. He's got some, some empathy maybe in his heart somewhere deep down. I don't know. We'll yeah, see. it's just it it's 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 weird because he buries his like uh, the demons or whatever the night creatures, mm-hmm, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's what's kind of so that's what's interesting about him because it's like he seems to have like a respect for them because they're not human. You know, they don't. They're loyal to me. They're not like humans or whatever. But then, yeah, he was like, I just love that scene where he was talking to the weird demon fly thing because he was like, uh, he was he was persecuted. He was like a philosopher or something, mm-hmm. and he was persecuted because he was like, I don't believe in God or something. And they killed him, and then he was like, so while I was in hell, <laughs> I like got I really actually got really into sin, and I was like, sin is actually cool, <laughs> uh, and so now I'm gonna like you know, fuck it up here in the second life that you gave me. So thanks a lot. And I, I like that. I, it, Isaac felt sort of like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know if that's good, but okay. There you go. Roll, roll tight on that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It stuck with me. That scene stuck with me. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, what? actually, I, and I forgot too. he actually does say like, I'm not mad at, um, uh, I'm not mad at Hector. I'm going to go after Carmilla. And not for revenge, but for uh, oh, you know, for other reasons, because she's gonna mess up with my with my plan. So I forgot about that, but I just looked it up quickly. Oh, oh, okay, right on. Well, that makes sense then, because so maybe we'll we're going to see him turn away from his hatred. I I guess that's what that all was, like planting the seeds of like, um, you know, maybe maybe uh, like demons are bad and humans are okay which i think is a fair uh point of view interesting to see where his loyalty lies in season four because you know we're assuming dracula's coming back so yeah um that'll be his ultimate test yeah yeah. so there it is season three um really really solid season you know kind of like a cooling down after season two which was like this intense wicked boil so we're 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 cooling down a little bit but i think that we're we're set we they built everything up for a really good explosive season four so i'm like so hyped to get into that yeah i'm hoping that if it's the last one i'm hoping they uh stick the landing i feel like they will i feel like they will too i've heard nothing but good things uh this season has 95 percent from critics on rotten tomatoes 84 percent from audience, right Castlevania's stunningly animated third season continues to build on the game's lore by diving deeper into its characters with humor, heart, and a lot of bloody action. That's from Rotten Tomatoes. Can't, hard to disagree with any of that. That's, that's pretty spot on. Yeah, right on. <laughs> I'm I'm stoked. Oh, there, there we go. Anything you want to add to Castlevania Season 3 before... Uh, we put a bow on it and and get out of here. Um, no, I, no, we covered it all. I I liked the the crazy visions that people had, and I liked all the actors, and I liked the the fly guy. Yeah, he was wild. All the monsters were wild. Yeah. Legion though, 
Fuck, that was so good. So good. That was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, this is just a formality, but I mean, we ask it every show, so let's just get it over with here. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Duh. Hmm. <laughs> thumbs up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Way, 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 way up. Uh, so stoked for season four, and man, that's gonna be good. I hope we see Alucard's dick though, or at least a dick. <laughs> oh yeah. All the, no, everybody's. Yeah. There's, there's for sure let's, gonna be fucking in season four, and like we've seen the tits. That's fine. Uh, you know, be you got to be realistic. Yeah, I want to see. I like that they changed it up. I like that there was a threesome. I think we can get more out of the box. So, let's see what kind of sex scenes they can come up with. I yeah, maybe it's like a Legion six. Oh, that's fucked up. Actually, no, I don't want that. Uh, <laughs> no, oh my god. Uh, all right. Well, that is gonna do it for us in season three of Castlevania, of course. Uh, I want to remind everybody that you can vote for the next movie that we cover here on Virtual Theater. Only place to vote is over on Twitter, at Virtual Theater X. we got the Bull Pull Part 3 going on, of course. Uh, we we introduced you to our, our picks at the top of the show, but I'll run them down one more time here. we got Blood Rain, In the Name of the King, Postal, and Assault on Wall Street. So these are four Uwe Bull classics, so... You pick which one of these movies that we're going to have to suffer through uh, in the next couple weeks here. And, and of course, if we want to remind you guys to head on over to Patreon and check out our bonus stuff. Uh, the entire Legend of Zelda catalog, our bonus episode catalog, and these commentary episodes that we've been doing that people seem to really love. So uh, definitely check that out and tell your friends and uh, tell, them, tell them all about the cool happenings over at Virtual Theater's Patreon. That would be really swell. Yeah. And nice of you to do. So, yeah. Please and thank you. Um, and you might as well follow us on Twitter while you're there, at Spateri316, at GooeyFame, and at Virtual Theater X, and subscribe over on SoundCloud, and uh, wherever you get your podcasts, go and leave us that sweet five-star review. Uh, we'll, we'll read off some reviews, actually, on the show if we get them. Uh, that would be pretty cool. And Oh, yeah. yeah I think... I think that's it. I think that's all the shills and the plugs, and I think we're good. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. I'm excited there, for four. There we go. Um, all right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you back here soon with uh, another video game movie classic. <laughs> <laughs>